Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Fix. I'm Jacob. And I'm Zane. And we are back with another episode. We have a lot to talk about. I think this episode probably can be pre-titled Marvel Madness because we have had some insane things happening in Marvel this past week with the Loki Season 2 finale finally coming to a close. We saw the brand new Marvel's movie come out. Lots to talk about. Zane, how did you feel about this past week? Uh, it was a really, really fun week. Uh, a lot of positive energy coming off of last week with, with Loki and all the theories flying. And then um, the like I was very much looking forward to th- Thursday all week. Um, it was a busy week um, as like the start of basketball season kind of started going through uh, for my personal life. But also like then we had the Marvels, Loki. But we did have Friday off for those of us who got to celebrate Veterans Day on Friday. So um, a really, really good week. And I enjoyed, just spoiler alert, I, uh, I enjoyed both uh, Marvel projects that came out. I did too, absolutely. And like he said, little spoiler, this will be a very heavy spoiler podcast. So if you guys have not had a chance to see the Marvels or to finish up Loki, there will be some timestamps down in the description so you guys can jump ahead to wherever you'd like to pick up. However, I think we start off with the Marvels because Loki's been getting the spotlight on the podcast basically since we started. And I'm really, really excited to talk about Loki. However, the Marvels was the big project that just got dropped. What did you think of the movie? How did you, what would you, you know, grade it? Maybe not grade it yet. Maybe we'll get to that here in a second. But what did you think of the movie? So just overall, I just had a blast. Like, and it was just a really, really fun movie. Um, I, there is so much negativity going around this movie that it was really hard to get excited for it. Um, and if you've, you've heard any of our previous podcast, I was looking forward to it. I did think it was going to be great. Um, but there's just so many voices out there, so many people saying that this had bad test screenings, that you know they reshot the whole film, and that they had to rewrite it. And then with that Variety article that has been completely debunked as complete and total fodder, uh, cannon fodder, like, it is... It, it had the bad press junket, and then, you know, with the writer strike, no one, or the actor strike, no one was able to promote the film, so it just got all this bad negativity around it, but man, going into that theater, I was pumped, I was excited to be back at the theaters watching another Marvel film, uh, you know, dragging my wife there she uh she actually quit watching some of the the shows that led up to this uh so uh that would be uh miss marvel um so she she has a a disdain for it so she's picked on me that she's gonna hate it she's gonna hate it um but man it was a really really good time i thought it was i thought it was uh just exactly what marvel films um at their core are which is just a really good time now marvel has underlying themes and they have some of the best movies just for character building and everything else and i understand that this may not be everyone's favorite most in-depth character study of a film uh but man it was really good i had to agree i think what you said probably summarized it the best it was just a fun it was a blast of a movie um i enjoyed a lot of the fun things about it I really actually like the characters. I know a lot of people don't like the Miss Marvel character. I actually really thought she was a great comedic relief throughout the whole movie. Um, kind of gave a different perspective on some things. Loved Captain Marvel. I thought she did a really great job. Um, I loved Monica Rambeau's character as well. I really liked the all, all three of them. I thought they did a really good job. One of the things I think I liked the most about it was I thought the action scenes were fantastic. I yeah. loved them kind of learning how to shift together, how to like 
you know, whenever I use my power, we're going to switch. So we need to make sure that we're doing the exact same stuff and we're focused on the same thing. I wish they would have even elaborated on that even more because I thought that was a really cool idea that they went with. Like I said, the, the action scenes were fun. Um, I thought it was just a fun movie. I loved some of the things that they did. Um, one of my favorite parts of the movie, which I'm sure we'll get to, I loved the cats, the flurkins. I oh. think that was just an absolute great thing. I think that was such a Nick Fury way to find himself out of a situation. Loved that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I think it was a really good movie. Definitely did not disappoint me. And I know what you've been talking about, a lot of people hating on Marvel and a lot of people saying, oh, this is not a big movie. And the box office is actually kind of showing that. I think they said it's the lowest box office we've ever seen from a Marvel movie. I think that is so wrong. I think if you haven't gone and seen this movie, I would highly recommend it. I think it was a really good time. Um, there are a few things that I think it fell, fell short of, um, but we'll get to those in a second. However, I thought it was a really, really great movie. Um, starting off with those things that I think fell short of for me personally, and I think I've seen a lot of people comment on this, I did feel like the villain was a little bit lackluster. Now, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I'd like to hear what you thought of the villain for this movie. So, um, I've been, I, I've, I don't, I try not to listen to anything before we get to talk about it. Just so I, like I said, like in times past, I want the thoughts to be original. Uh, but I have heard that complaint and I just, I don't quite understand it from, from a villain perspective. Now, I think that from Thanos forward, we have gotten the absolute best villains we possibly could get from Marvel. I think that, um, you know, they may have not been the best executed, but you know, Namor, um, and then Gore the God Butcher, and we're we're seeing just just time and time again, we're seeing great villains. We saw all the Spider-Man villains in in Spider-Ver in uh, No Way Home, and then we got the High Evolutionary. So we have just been absolutely treated with villains that are amazing, and I don't think Darbin was bad. Um, she had a very good motivation, and I think the motivation being shown off screen and told later is why everyone thinks that she's lackluster. I'll I think say for that's me personally, I think for me personally, the reason why I felt like it was so lackluster is when you have these type of heroes, right? You could make an argument that these are maybe three of the most powerful superheroes that we have. Captain Marvel obviously has been one of the most powerful superheroes that we've had since she was announced. Um, since she had her first movie, um, Miss Marvel is kind of kind of showing that she's going to be a very powerful thing. Um, and then we have Monica Rambeau, who's also shown that she's very powerful as well. That's where it fell short for me. I felt okay. like these characters, and they did execute this, I think. They didn't really struggle with her. When they actually did fight her, is a fairly quick fight. Um, you know, maybe they showed her a little bit too much trust when she, you know, jumped up and she got the other uh, bangle and stuff like that, you know, so be it. I do feel like they did show that, you know, she's not on their level. I think they did show that part well. But when you do have these characters like that, I feel like you do need a villain that is at that level just because of who they are. Okay, I will so you felt you like she wasn't a threat. Yes, I, I did not ever, not a single time was I like, ooh, this, she has a point, or maybe she, she is pretty strong. I didn't feel like that ever, not a single time. I will agree with you saying that we've been very, very, you know, gifted, some amazing villains. I mean, the High Evolutionary is probably one of the best villains, period, Marvel has ever given us. Just the way that role was portrayed, how much you actually did hate this dude by the end of the movie. And that's what you want in a villain. Now, there's different villains like Thanos where... Some people don't hate him. I was one of those people. I liked Thanos. 
I understood like what his theory was. And when you can actually have a villain that makes you think what they're doing is actually good, that's a good villain as well. So I think you need to show both. But this one, I feel like it just didn't show anything. I felt like she was there. She did have some, you know, complaint. She was mad at some things that had happened to her personally with her home world. Um, and, you know, Captain Marvel even shows that she thought she was helping. Right. So those are the things I just never felt like she was a threat, but I also never believed in her cause. So I feel like if you don't have either one of those, I feel like the villain can fall short. And with the with these type of heroes, I feel like you do need a really powerful villain. I feel, I feel like um, I, I can agree with a bunch of that. Um, I do feel like she did have a, a good cause that you can get behind, like the main uh, hero, um, you know, her- heroine of, of the story literally destroyed her world and she's going through to her worlds to get those resources back um i think that is a pretty good and she was shown effective twice uh which also kind of kind of gave some uh some meat behind her threats and and some weight to her character um but i i do understand the uh the negative of it saying that she wasn't as powerful um i was always kind of shocked what you know the bangle kind of did uh, even the playing field a little bit for her um and then the universal weapon as well um obviously granting some some super some uh superhero-esque powers to her uh just because of how strong that weapon is but um i, I can see the complaints more from just hearing you say it uh but i do think that she wasn't near as bad as as even some of our first and second phase villains that people seem to still praise those movies uh significantly more than these movies for some I, and that's what i that's kind of what i i struggle with on these is like after rewatching through the entire mcu this this movie for me doesn't fall in the bottom you know you know bottom five you know it, it's it's a mid mid-level movie but that's still good for the quality of movies that we have in marvel i agree and i i, I like i said i love the movie like i said i think it was a really fun movie um, it will be a movie that I think I'll watch again and actually enjoy um, because it, it was a great movie. I do like now this is going to kind of sound like I'm being a little hypocritical with what I'm about to say. I okay. like when movies are self-contained. I feel like this is a movie you can watch and without having watched anything else, I do think you can understand. Um, for instance, my wife, she hadn't watched Miss Marvel. I actually haven't watched Miss Marvel. I've read through like the cliff notes of it. So I know what happens and stuff in that show. Um, but neither of she did not have a hard time understanding what was happening um and also it didn't it was not a confusing movie and it's not a movie i feel like you have to see to understand what's coming i don't feel like there was any of that going on really personally i know you could say some stuff there at the end which we'll get to i did feel like overall though the story was very self-contained and i think that is very good and i'm very excited for marvel doing things like that with these spotlight series that we've talked about such as echo and things like that however yeah. With this movie coming out when it did, I felt like it needed to drive us forward in a big way, and I do feel like it fell very short of that. I don't feel like it drove us forward any more than what the Loki Season 2 finale did. If anything, Loki drove us way farther than this movie did by a lot. So that is one of my things that I wish, I think just with the timing of this movie coming out when it did, there's no other big project slated for this year. I mean, this is really the only big project we've, we're going to have until arguably next year with Deadpool. I do feel like this movie really needed to push us forward just with the timing of when it came out. If this would have come out when, if this would have came out when Ant-Man came out, I wouldn't be having this complaint right now. 
because we still had other stuff coming out. With where this one came out and us being kind of on a long wait for things coming, especially with Loki being over, I do feel like it needed to drive us forward. I don't know if you have that same sentiment, but for me personally, I was really hoping to be like, all right, this is what's happening. This is where we're going. And I just don't feel like it did that. So so I, I see what you're saying with the, you want the self-contained storylines, but you still want it to drive forward. And that's that's the type of group that Marvel, I think, is really trying to balance, which they need to either uh, – like they're sitting on the fence, and they need to get off or get, get, get on it. And yeah. I think what they need to do is either it is crucial – and it sends the the main overarching story forward, or it doesn't at all. And I think that's kind of what they're having the problem with, is because this movie teased, uh, oh, it is included in the bigger story, but it's yep. not. It's not. Yep. Like, nothing happened other than Monica Rambeau in the post-credit scene got sent to a um, an alternate uh, universe. And so, like, yeah, that's, that's going to have ramifications. She's going to be be able to bring all the x-men up to speed um with what's going on in our universe and and be able to to know them and be able to introduce them and they already know us because her knowledge is there and i like i get that but it's either drive the story forward completely or or don't do that and give us completely standalone films yeah and like i said the whole movie the whole push forward of this movie was that in credit scene, basically. Yeah. I mean, this movie was very self-contained up to that point. But if you're going to do such... I think that's a huge in credit scene, by the way. I think that is, like, what we were expecting maybe the whole movie is stuff to that scale. I don't I don't think we needed to see a bunch of cameos and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. But I do feel like that, that scene pushed the story forward in a way that I feel like the whole movie kind of should have done or just not even attempted at all. So, like you were saying, that kind of on the fence, you know, they need to get on or off. That's where I'm at with this movie. I loved the story overall. I think it was really fun. I liked the idea behind it. I do like that we were getting to see all these Marvel characters, like the Marvels, get together and really kind of, you know, understand each other. I mean, we saw Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau meet for the first time since Monica was a kid. Miss um, Marvel finally getting to meet her her hero personally of Captain Marvel. I loved all that stuff. I think that was really fun really cool ideas there but it just needed to drive something forward just with the timing of when it came out i don't think you can come off a show like loki that probably you could argue has pushed the mcu forward more than any other project ever has in terms of story and then have this movie come out the day after or really even the same night of if you went to the same early night. premiere uh, yeah of the finale so i that's where that was one of my bigger complaints um which I don't is know funny if you had because any, I I actually think the Miss um, Marvel and uh, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, was actually a bigger like excitement point for me, significantly so, than the post credit scene. Um, well, and I liked I did like that too because that's kind of pushing again pushing a story forward because we know we're getting that Young Avengers at some point. Yeah, right. And, and they're just like it's it's almost like the push. So a lot of people have problems with cameos because cameos are are like uh, just 
nuggets of good to get people excited, but generally they don't have story-driven means for it. So it's like, oh, you can get people in the door for a good cameo because they just want to see it again. And that's kind of what I feel like we're getting with the overarching story in this is like, hey, here's a little bit of fun to tie into everything else uh, for our movie that doesn't really have anything to do with it. I, I feel the same way. I feel like you know, we talk about stuff getting rewritten and things like that. I feel like they threw this in last second because when they sat back and looked at this movie, they realized it didn't push the story forward at all. And Which would have I been think, fine for me. Exactly. That's. I think they thought, though, I mean, it's my it is my complaint. I do feel like just because of when it came out, I feel like it had to push the story forward. But I'd almost rather it just not have at the point now that after I've seen the movie and realized how little it did, than then just throw these in credit scenes in. And be like, all right, here's your push forward. That's lazy on my part. In my opinion, that is just lazy. Either don't do it at all or do it. So I think where this movie came out, it needed to. But again, like I said, I'm being hypocritical by saying one thing and another. I just feel like the timing of this movie is really what hurt it in that regard, in my personal opinion. Well, the timing overall with just um, all of the actor strike going on, the, the secret invasion hurt this more than anything. Yeah, and uh, Secret Invasion could have been if if Miss Marvel was in Secret Invasion, and we would have seen more of that. Like this, like Secret Invasion being Nick's Nick uh, Fury's lead up to this movie. I mean, it, he seems like a completely and totally different character in this film. Yeah, like big time. Like, like this felt like there's the a real big Nick character Fury. switch. Yeah, yeah, he seemed great. He seemed competent. He seemed on his game. He seemed uh, like cool, calm, and collected in every every scene that he was in, he was always going to be able to figure it out. And it just it's just different. Secret Invasion hurt the Marvel Cinematic Universe probably more than anything else has, uh, project wise. And you know, we've talked about it. I I didn't. I after seeing everything else that's come out, I realized how bad Secret Invasion was when I was watching it. I was I was captivated by the story they were trying to tell, but you know. I, one of my things I was going to say that I praised about this movie was it seemed like we finally got Nick Fury back because oh, yeah. he was good in this movie. And I would love to have a standalone series, standalone movie of Nick Fury because he's that cool of a character. But what we got was just detrimental to him as a character. And this, like you said, Secret Invasion did need to, in some way, if you're going to have Nick Fury in it and he's going to be, he was a big part of this movie in a way. He might not have been one of the big three you could argue he was number four on that list of important characters. His previous show needed to tie in in some way, and they didn't even mention a single thing about it. You know, so that was and one of the, the things I, I loved Nick Fury in this movie. But other than that, I was like, uh. And and there's literally a planet with scrolls living on it. Like, scrolls have found a whole world. Yeah. And the Carol Danvers knows about it. But, like, I, I don't. Let's not. I'm not going to go into negative yeah, right. <laughs> for Secret Invasion. This is the Marvels. And yep, uh, yep. I, I wanted to ask you about your um, one of the cameos that we get. And since we're talking about mainly cameos bringing in um, certain aspects, what did you think about the Valkyrie cameo? I thought it was it was okay. It didn't bother me any. I liked the idea of, you know, maybe new Asgard being a place for everyone to come to. If you need a home, that makes sense to me because they lost their home. They could be on that, you know, 
defense of, you know, we do need to help more people. That's because there's more people out there like us. We're not the only people that have lost our home. So I do yeah. like that aspect of it. Um, I it really, I don't have a preference on that. I could have done with it or without it. It didn't hurt the film at all, in my opinion. Um, but it was interesting to see that these characters know each other the way that they do things like that. Um, so it didn't bother me personally. Um, it didn't, like I said, didn't, didn't help or hurt in any way for me. I really like Tessa Thompson. I think she's really, really good in that role. I think she um, is always cool, calm, and collected, um, and and really uh, just always competent. It's really nice to see competent characters on screen yeah. Um, yeah. when when they're in their roles and, and not struggling. And that's one of the, I, I guess that's one of the um, the only good things about that. It just seemed like another needless cameo, especially when it was given away in the trailer which i thought was weird that they, yeah. they did that um but i really did like the chemistry between them i thought it was a good like a good moment on screen to see that you know carol isn't uh completely alone in this universe anymore and that she has made friendships um and is trying to get better than her uh solo um you know do it all herself kind of person I agree, and I, I like that we did get to see that she isn't just doing it all on her own anymore, and she was very welcome to having them on her ship with her. She wanted help. She didn't want to do all this on her own. She was like, you know what? She even said it. It's nice having people on the ship again. Yeah. So I liked that. Um, you know, we talked about some things that we didn't like about the movie, so I do want to ask you, what were some of your things that you did like about the movie? Oh, my favorite scene by far um, was the Flurkins. Yeah. I laughed so hard. <laughs> When they were, it's literally like a, a horror scene that they were playing just for kicks and giggles. It was hilarious. Yep. I loved it. Um, so that was that was one of my favorite things. Um, and then also, I thought the fight choreograph, yeah, like the chore- choreography, was amazing in this film. And you touched on it with their power entanglement. Um, but they really did a good job with the fights specifically. Like it's a cool concept, and they executed it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for um, it, kind of depowered some of them, which is kind of needed um, for Carol to be a little depowered, so that she, you know, she does have a struggle. She's too powerful to not have uh, something conflicting her, or else she's just gonna, you know, reignite suns and you know, blow up planets and um everything so i like that aspect of it i thought that was a really good way to give our uh heroines a something to overcome something that makes them work together to grow as a unit and then also i loved um the little moments between monica and carol i thought that showing that tension from hey you left me as a child and her still dealing with that her still struggling with that and then also getting some re- resolution um and then uh, like you said iman Vellani as kamala khan is great uh she's hilarious she's fun she's lighthearted. when she looked out the window and said oh captain my captain <laughs> i you know i laughed out loud i thought that yep. was great you know my wife rolls her eyes because uh, she really didn't like miss marvel but like i thought that was hilarious um and and just a really good time so i had a bunch of positives with it i understand the negativity of it's not the greatest movie ever we're not going to get infinity wars we're not going to get end games every single time but these movies do build our character understanding it's just fun to go watch it's fun to go to the movies and watch this film and that's what i really liked and that's why i do want to preface this you know us saying the things we don't like about it this movie was more good than bad for me by a lot 
I really did enjoy the movie. Um, you touched on the thing. I thought the fight choreography was great. Love her as Miss Marvel. She does such a good job. You know, very good. I said it, comedic relief was perfect for her. She was actually my wife's favorite character when watching the movie. She was cracking up at all the things she was saying and doing. And just being a fun kid. Because she is a kid. You know, you do need to show that aspect of her. It would be unrealistic for her to just be this super serious, you know, stone cold killer. That's just not how it should be. Um, you know, I kind of think... That's one of the things I wish they would have done more with Spider-Man was Tom Holland be almost more of a fanboy of Iron Man than he was. Sure, he revered him. Sure, he, like, respected him, and he was really cool, like, really happy to be near him and all those things. But she does a really good job of being like, holy cow. Like, any of us would be at that age. If we somehow had superpowers that age and we knew of this world, you know, there's Iron Mans and things like that, we would be freaking out if we met Iron Man or if we met Captain Marvel and things like that. You know, in this type of world, those are like our you know, our professional athletes that we like, you know, oh my goodness, there's, you know, so-and-so. So I love that they showed that aspect of her being like, holy cow, it's Captain Marvel. This is a person, you know, I look up to. It's literally who I named myself after. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Lots of great things, you know, talked about the flurkin scene. I loved it. And I mentioned it before. I think Nick Fury, this is what he does. He finds ways that shouldn't work, work. And that was such a way that you don't think anything about that. I never saw that coming. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was a really good plan. And just the music playing during it all, really, really great. So those are the things I really liked about it as well. Um, would you recommend someone to go see this movie in theaters? Or with the way we have streaming platforms today, would you recommend them just hold off? Because we know it's probably coming to Disney Plus maybe in a month or two, just because of how bad it's doing in the box office. So I'd like to hear what you would recommend to people. So it depends on what your constrictions are. Uh, you know, if it's easy for you to go to the theater and you have time, yes, go go watch it. It's you're going to have a blast. Um, is this one that like you need to drop everything and go to the theaters right now and watch? I wouldn't say so. Um, but you know, with the with what we have available to watch right now in theaters, I would I would prioritize this one over anything else. Um, obviously, I did. I you know I have obstacles of my own that I'm you know I, I overcame just so I could go watch this because I'm as we know a Marvel junkie. So, um, but yes, highly recommend to go. Um, I think I gave it about a seven point five out of ten, um, which on my rating scales means I would really want to watch this again. And would so I, I will watch it again when it comes to Disney Plus, um, but yeah, really fun. So film. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say my rating was a seven out of ten. I I thought it was good. I really and again I'm I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound like I didn't like the movie, but I really really did enjoy the movie. Me personally, if you don't have time and you really don't know, this is not a movie like he said. You do not need to drop everything and go see. I would almost recommend just waiting. I don't think there's anything that you really, really needed to see in this movie. And to be honest with you, if something gets spoiled in this movie, I don't think it's such a spoiler that you're going to be upset that it got spoiled because nothing crazy happened in this movie. So me personally, I would just say hold off. It's probably going to be on Disney Plus in a month just because of how poor it's doing, which I don't think is deserved. I think it does deserve to be doing a lot better than it is. And I know I sound like a big hypocrite this episode with all the kind of things I'm saying back and forth. But I do think this is one I would probably just recommend waiting for. Um, you know, we do the podcast. We love Marvel. So we're going to find ways to go see this stuff all the time. And I hope that's one way that we are helping you guys that do listen to us. Maybe some advice on some things like that we can give you guys. I don't think this is one you have to go see. Like I said, I would just wait. Just save the money. But now, I will say it won't be on Disney Plus in a month. 
it will um, every time a movie has underperformed for for Disney, they wait significantly longer to put it on Disney Plus. I guess that's a good point to make because I guess what was the I guess Ant Man and the Wasp did take a little while. Yeah, it took like to get to six. It, it took like uh, I think it was four four or five months they waited to put that on Disney Plus. Where I guess Guardians was what three maybe was it right like around two three months. months two, two months. months okay so I mean if you like I said though even then even if they do wait six months there's not anything else coming out in the meantime that you're going to be missing I would probably still just recommend waiting just personally I love the movie I think it was really good if you do have time and you do want to go see it I definitely would go see it but I don't think it's something like you said that you need to drop everything and go watch but that's just me personally um you know I'm a big movie goer I love going to the movies I don't think there's a better way to watch something. So if I had the opportunity to watch something in a theater, I'm always going to take it. But moving yeah. on from the Marvels, I think it's time to start talking about some Loki. Loki season two is wrapped up the day of the Marvels early premiering. What did you think about the Loki season two finale? Oh, man, the Loki season two finale was, man, even like as you think about it more and more, it gets better. Um, the culmination of Loki's entire story arc, um, and it is just, it is so good. It is so well done. It is wonderfully paced. And honestly, like, it's not super predictable. Like, you kind of think you know where it's going to go when, like, coming, I, I kind of thought I knew where this was going to go coming into the, to watch it. And it, it really didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Um. And it was better. It was better than what I thought mm-hmm. uh, would happen. There was some things, um, just you know, that I wish that they would have shown in it. But I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset that I didn't get to see uh, certain things. Um, but what they did with the character of Loki was absolutely beautiful. And I have here in my show notes. I said, you know, there are so many Easter eggs, so many callback moments that um, if you're not like in tune with the show you didn't rewatch the show uh that you don't just super pick up on but man what an ending with loki being the absolute god of time setting on a uh throne created by him managing the you know idrisil in and of itself man how awesome i thought like you said absolutely fantastic my favorite thing about i think the finale which impressed me so much, Marvel really flexed their writing skills in this mm-hmm. episode because there wasn't really any action scenes the entire episode. I know we had theorized that maybe there, we were going to get to start to see some of this war break out and we were going to get to start to see some fights going down. That didn't happen. You know, This Nothing. was just a really, really extremely well-written episode. And I really got to say, that is probably what made it so good. Because you're not you're captivated the entire time. The things they were doing with Loki, you know, time slipping and how many times you can tell he's gone over this thing over and over again trying to learn stuff. You even see the one little blip prop up on the screen where he asks OB, hey, how long would it take me to learn everything that you know? And then he says, Centuries. Well, guess what? Centuries later, and you know, Loki's learned everything OB knows, if not even more at this point, because of his ability to time slip and all those things. The writing was fantastic. I loved, 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 you know, getting into some of the scenes that we really liked. The scene with Loki and He Who Remains was one of the most well-written Marvel 
scenes, I think, ever. And I think it really speaks to the acting of both those characters. They did phenomenal. The acting was on point, but the writing was like, holy cow. I literally was just couldn't take my eyes off the screen during that scene. Ah. And really getting to show the the Jonathan Majors acting chops once again to in his better role as He Who Remains. He he does He Who Remains. Uh, I I don't I want to say better, but he is just a better character than Victor Timely. Yeah. And then to even like make fun of him and show like, hey, have you yep, met Victor Timely yet? <laughs> like, have you met v- 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 Victor yet? You know, like it was so good. And to see them talk and then you know then also like the display of power between the two of them you know first off kang didn't use the temp pad every time he used time to stop um like when he stopped loki sylvie and then made her go away and then you know loki learning to control the time around him as well to stop time even in and of that moment um Man, what what makes you think this is the first time we had this conversation? How yep. many times he has gone through that? And uh, what I really loved about that scene is like, uh, my my wife does not like Sylvie, and and I didn't like Sylvie in the <laughs> second either. season either. She was you know she was pretty pretty annoying, but she's yep. like just kill her, like you know. Just, but like Loki is refusing to kill her like he is abs you know he is so fond of her he has spent so much time with her he spent centuries with her at this point which is funny uh, you know you think about it it's been like you know two weeks of content time wise uh and then this last episode spans for centuries uh, yeah. that he has been with them and loki and uh, and mobius and sylvie and obi and casey and b15 so he, you know, he spent centuries trying to save them, and he's not going to about about to turn on Sylvie and kill her. Um, which I don't know if he could have won that fight, even if he was fully going going full tilt as uh, as she uh, continued to win, uh, and he wasn't able to subdue her. But man, what like you said, what a good scene there in the throne room in the Citadel at the end of the time. Um, really, one of the highlights of the entire show. I thought, and, and just like the way that whole, you know, we talked about feeling like me personally, feeling like the Marvels fell short of pushing the story forward. That scene in particular, it pushed Marvel forward on a whole nother level. And it was unbelievable to watch Kang really flex how powerful he actually is because he's telling Loki, like, nope, can't do that. Nope, you can't do that. If you do this, this is going to happen. And no matter what, he was right. He was never wrong in any of his th- sayings. And, you know, we'll get to it here in a second, talking about, you know, how that ending, you know, some of our theories, kind of what that ending is indicative of. It was true. There was not a single time where Loki was like, oh, I'm just going to keep. I And Loki has unlimited attempts. You can't tell me there weren't unlimited amount of times that he tried to do something different. And what Kang said just came true. And he was like, shoot, can't do this. Let me let me slip back to this time again and restart. I think that is what finally gave Kang his, okay, he is a villain. He is that powerful. Because up to this point, I think we can both agree, Kang hasn't really flexed any power. We've seen Ant-Man subdue him. We've seen Victor Timely. You know, Even though it's not really Kang-Kang, it's still a Kang variant. We finally saw what Kang really is and how scary of a character he can be. Because when you're going up against someone that knows your every move without even knowing it, 
that's pretty that's pretty powerful. And so I love that they really showed, all right, this is what Kang is. This is what he's capable of. And they finally gave us a villain to actually fear. And and like uh, and we're going to get to see the TVA again, which I'm excited yep. because they are monitoring the Kangs. Um, now, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Variety um, article that came out specifically talking about what they were moving forward. And they did say that they, they thought about completely going away from Kang and scrapping Kang Dynasty and giving that to be a Doctor Doom timeline. Um, but in that article, it said, you know, Marvel's really screwed with the, the Loki, that there's not a path forward with that. And I, I that statement in and of itself, to me, completely and totally, like, debunks that entire variety because there's so much they could go forward with this yes kang is established as a incredible threat we know that they're monitoring his variants but i mean you could leave the kang story here and say loki won and the tva is controlling them and move forward and pivot to another story if they need to like oh 100 percent so like I who that that one statement in that entire article completely and totally ruined the entire credibility of that article and, and everything else that was in it was actually known like it has been already debunked for the most part there was some truth but mo, mo, it was really just a slander piece uh, for Marvel um, which I think they're just tired of the reign of Marvel. <laughs> I think I think that's why a lot of people hate on Marvel, honestly. I mean, and it's sad to say, too, because I've seen people that are even fans of Marvel, you know, fan of Phase 1 and all those things, and they're true fans. And it's just kind of crazy to see how they've just kind of switched, and I don't know why. I don't I don't get the whole idea behind it. I think they, they're just wanting to live in that era. It's almost like they're wanting to gatekeep people, and yeah. I, I hate stuff like that. I, I'm the type of person, you know what, if I see something I like, I want everybody to go watch it, because guess what? That's how it gets better. That's how we get more of what we love is when there's more people enjoying it because at the end of the day, they have to make money. If this thing falls flat on its face and doesn't make any more Marvel, we're getting hurt by not telling more people to go see these things and go watch them and enjoy them. So I, I've really been shocked. You know, We talk about you know people hating the reign of Marvel. I think it's true. And it's really just crazy that people have kind of, kind of switched up for no reason, whether that be they don't want people to enjoy it like they did or they think what they got to watch back when – you know, they did things was just better and superior to what we're getting now. I love it all. I think it's yeah. all great. Um, you know, talking about how Loki moves stuff forward. This one did an amazing job. And you talked about a little bit about them kind of pivoting away from Kang. I, I agree. They they totally gave themselves an out if they need it. If they really do, you know, I know the trials with all Jonathan Majors and all those things aren't fully wrapped. Um, we're, you know, we're still waiting to hear some things. However, if you know he is truly, you know, free and clear and all that stuff, I would be so disappointed if Same. we don't get what it seemed like they are setting up with Kang. Because I really want to see oh, it. Man. It, yeah, like just going, you know, skipping to the end of the episode, we know we can go ahead and assume he showed up for Ravona at the end of yep. time after she got pruned. What did Kang tell Loki? He said, "If you sit on this throne." The multiversal war starts. Yes. It's starting. And that is honestly one of the most exciting things I have ever seen in Marvel. Is the fact that this multiversal war is really going to be insane. 
Yeah, and and it is going to be absolutely crazy. Um, if they get the proper riders and the proper seats, this will be the best pro. This will be better than in game. Yeah. Um, and you can mark my words, but. You know, and if it's not, then I'll just say, "Hey, I did say if they get the proper riders, and I'll blame the riders." <laughs> but <laughs> you gotta give um, yourself an out, just like they did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, with I, I believe that we that um, Kang did not get defeated in Ant Man, and I believe that that Kang is actually who's coming to Ravona. With okay. with his with his chair because he got sucked into his own temporal uh, engine. He didn't he didn't get killed. He got sucked into a time machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where does he go? The end of time. You know, like I just feel like that's actually pretty logical next step to say. Um, so I I think he's coming back with a vengeance. Um, and, and everyone can say, you know, he got beat by ants. Well, you know, he didn't have time. He did not have the power of time. Um, and he still killed, like, he still took over that universe without his best weapon of time. And, and he still and he still wrecked a bunch of people. And it took uh, a millennia of ants evolving to a ridiculous level to conquer him. So I'm expecting that came to come with a vengeance for with Ravona, and we're about to see some major L's taken by our heroes. Yeah, and you you mentioned it. I'm I'm so sick of hearing people say, "Oh, King, he's just he's losing. He's always losing." What is Thanos without his gauntlet? Yeah, he's he's strong, but I mean that's kind of what his thing is. If you take away a, a villain's most, what is Iron Man without his suit? You get what I'm saying? Like, you're, they're not going to be this just force of nature if they don't have their most powerful tool right so that's yeah. what i'm so sick of seeing okay is weak if anything i think we sh- we just saw how how strong he is without you know even in loki he wasn't telling he wasn't, he wasn't trying using, to win no he wasn't t- he wasn't fighting loki he was just outsmarting him and t- he's so smart that it's that's his power right so i'm excited for that i love some of the things that they could do with this um, I do like the idea of that being the Kang from Ant-Man that's going to see Ravona. I hadn't thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. It's a really good theory. Um, I'll be interested to see how Ravona reacts to that, because in my opinion, I could see an arc with Ravona where she betrays Kang. She could say, hey, you know what? Sure, you came back for me. I'm going to help you. I could see her getting a little bit of a redemption arc with Mobius and her and Mobius kind of finally getting to get back to where they were as like best friends and all those things, you know, being teammates. With her kind of saying, you know what, I set up all this stuff to to get Kang to fail. I think that'd be a really cool storyline for her. Um, but man, there's a lot of cool things. I got to go ahead and say I, I I did kind of predict something a little bit right with that temporal loom. I yeah. knew that 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 was there was no way that that I said it was a fail safe, and they used that exact word. So I was like, <laughs> I yep. knew I got something right. Yeah, um, you definitely did. You called that one. Yes. Yeah, so, so I thought that was funny, um, and I was happy that that was the case too because. Kang does not it should not be that that is what's you know I like that Kang was actually what was powerful and all that stuff so that was yeah um but yeah wow what just a great episode um there's so much I got a question for you about it though yeah when the uh how how awesome was it to see the um visualization of the multiverse into a tree 
for that. Oh. Like, and the callback to North mythology with Yggdrasil from Thor 1, yep. um, where he's talking about the tree, the world tree that encompasses all the realms, and now he was speaking about Loki in that moment. Uh, how awesome is that? Oh, so cool, man. I, You know, talking about just right before that scene, I loved finally seeing Loki suit back up. Man, oh, him man. walking out to the temporal loom and all that stuff, dude. We finally see his horns. I was like, this is it. Uh, that, so good. Marvel is really, like I said, they flex some writing skills with this whole thing. And, you know, even talking back, I don't know if you've seen, you might have been the one that sent sent it to me. Iron Man saying you'll never sit on the throne. You, yep. you know, you'll and Loki is on the throne now. So I love they really I don't even know if they were meaning for something like that to happen when they wrote Avengers. Maybe they had this stuff written out and planned. I'm sure I they did it. to an extent. But I yeah, I, I I can't see them having, you know, gone this far ahead with all the things that have happened and all the things that have come up. Really, really cool to see that. I love well, it. Well, and also his his horns were like that Kintsugi uh, style with the gold inlay, you know. Yep. And how symbolic of a, of is it to Loki that you know Loki's been broken and he's lost and he's lost so many times, but every time he's been put back together, he becomes more valuable. He becomes better. Um, and now he is literally the most powerful, best hero we have from you know someone who was just straight villain uh trying to just manipulate deceive and 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 rule to someone who is sacrificially giving up his ability to live so that he can sit on a throne so that his friends can have an opportunity at free will well it's so it's so crazy you know we loki's are destined to lose right well this yep. loki won he won but what did it cost what did it cost him it cost Everything. him the one thing he wanted when he finally found out he didn't want to be alone anymore. And now he's essentially alone for, you know, ever, really. I mean, I don't Until think, obviously, I think, yes, I think we're going to see Loki again. But really, if you, Marvel fell apart right now, he's alone forever, right? Yep. So really, really powerful stuff there. And uh, we are, I think Marvel is really hitting a stride that is super exciting. Um this multiversal war stuff and uh dude it, it it could be really special and i'm gonna go ahead and say it now you mentioned you know this could be bigger than Endgame, and we talked about it on a recent episode will will secret wars or king dynasty will either of those be able to reach the level at the box office of infinity war and Endgame? if what we are thinking and all the things it sounds like they're doing come true i'm gonna say i'm gonna change my answer there and i'm gonna say that those have very much high potential at this point in time to actually outdo those movies at the box office. I know it's going to take a lot, but I know there's a lot of people that like to play on nostalgia, and it really seems like they're about to start playing with some nostalgia stuff. And I think it really could be that big of a hit for Marvel. So I I don't think it's going to have... I still stand by my numbers saying no, it, it doesn't have a chance to beat it because... There's too, it's too popular now to hate Marvel, and regardless of the nostalgia, I just I think the story is growing. The, the buy-in level for this multiverse is going to be a very high price to pay. Yeah. Like 
to watch and understand everything. And I think they'll make it enjoyable in and of itself. Like, I don't think you're going to have to watch everything to enjoy it. But to enjoy it to the level of in-game, you know, what was that? Uh, 20 movies that you had to watch? Years upon story building. But it was doable. You could do it in, like, two months. You could watch the entire MCU up to the in-game. And now you're going to be, like... By the time this movie drops, it's going to be a four-month journey to watch everything, you know, if you don't take off work. Um, so I, I just personally, I don't think it's going to reach that level because the buy-in is daunting for most. Um, and even the recommendations are now falling on flat ears for like, hey, should I watch it? Should I not? Like, there's just no FOMO anymore. So I, I don't think we're going to reach it, even though I think it'll be better. I think... I can agree with a lot of that, and a lot of that's due to just shows, right? I mean, movies are a lot easier to watch in a day than a whole show is because a show is, I mean, what? How many? We could probably say right around six hours of Loki you got to watch, right? That's almost yeah. three movies. That, so, I can more, agree with that part. The buy-in is going to be, yeah, the buy-in is going to be huge. But I do feel like I think Deadpool. We said it before. Deadpool three will be a big indicator. That's going to be a big movie. Um. No Way Home is another indicator I think we can look at as far as how big is in-game or how big is Secret Wars. No Way Home did huge at the box office. Yeah, and big numbers. Yeah, so and uh, that movie, obviously, it's very early in this multiversal saga, so you didn't have to watch as much to understand it. But I, I know there was a lot of people that went just to see Tobey Maguire again um, and things like that. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of that with Deadpool 2 or with Deadpool 3, but Deadpool also with Hugh Jackman. So yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just curious what? what fan base is out there for Hugh Jackman that's not watching the MCU. That's what. That's kind of what I'm curious about. The nostalgia they're pulling on for these movies, I don't feel like is much different than the fans they're normally pulling anyway. I will say, I, I feel like it's probably, in my personal opinion, I would say it's more than you'd think. I think okay. it goes back to that, that whole... You know, a lot of people hating on the MCU because of its reign for so long, and they miss their characters. I think a lot of people have probably quit watching since we've lost the Robert Downey Juniors. We don't have Chris Evans anymore. We really don't have any of the core Avengers at all in big time stuff right now, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of people were like, you know what? If those characters that I've been watching for years are gone, I'm not going to keep watching. And I think with them, what will get them back is oh. My character, my my guy is back. Hugh Jackman's back, right? Tobey Maguire's back. Robert Downey Jr. could be back. Chris Evans, you know, so on. I think that will be astronomical. I think a lot of people have quit watching for that reason. Okay, that makes. But sense. that's my personal. That's my personal opinion. I could be real wrong, but I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of people that say that stuff. Like, oh, we've been watching these characters for the, this long, and now they're just gone. Yeah, I'm. I, I see that a lot. Um. Closing up with the Loki talk a little bit, what would you rate Loki on a scale of 1 to 10 as a whole show, not just the finale, as a whole show? Hmm. As a whole show, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah. And so, just because of what... I gave the first season a 9 mm-hmm. um, because, you know... I felt like there was some moments in it that was was a little lingering, um, and I didn't see like the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger always gives it the the potential to fail. Um, but I I give it a ten. Loki is a perfect project for me. We've raved about it every time we talked about it. 
Um, it is one that I will watch several times. It is completely and totally standalone uh, in, a, in a show in and of itself from uh, the point it picks up. Now, because I think someone who hasn't watched any of the Marvels, any of the MCU, can pick this show up, can understand that he's a man out of time, and enjoy the mess out of the show. I think it's just wonderful. I, I'm going to agree with you. 10 out of 10 for me as well. And we don't, I'm one of those persons, I don't think 10s almost should ever be given out, just because how often is a project really perfect? And we can sit here and we could, if we really wanted to, I'm sure we could find some things that we didn't like or we could nitpick out of Loki. But the more I think about it, I really have a hard time finding things to even nitpick with the show because it was that good. The acting was phenomenal. The writing was good. The story was clear, which is a big thing that people have complained about with this whole multiversal stuff is it's too confusing. I don't think Loki was too confusing. My wife understood it and she likes Marvel stuff, but she's not to our level of, you know, reading about it you know keeping up with stuff so when i use her a lot of time to understand how is the average viewer how is the normal traditional viewer understanding this she understood every bit of it and absolutely loved it so when i can see her really understanding something especially when it is as can be as confusing as the multiversal stuff that's when i'm like okay the writers really did a good job of figuring out how to make this clear which i thought they did a phenomenal job of i thought the the vfx is the graphics all that stuff were amazing Absolutely phenomenal. Maybe some of the best we've ever seen. We've raved about the one scene in the record shop with Sylvie a couple of times now. Absolutely fantastic. Um, just stuff like that. I think Marvel really, like we said, they flex their writing and they flex what they're capable of as far as, you know, how things can look, the story they can tell. And it's only it's things only Marvel can do, right? Because not everyone can make a superhero story about some of these characters that have been around for a long time right i mean marvel is not just something that's come up in the last 20 years i mean it's been around since i don't even know when but a long time right so they're very yeah they're a very special thing and for them to still be able to do what they're doing at this day and age very impressive and i think loki was just a testament to how how good of a story they can tell even after all these years i'm sad it's over man yeah i mean i've now we we're probably going to skip a little bit on it, but you know, I didn't even watch Invincible on Thursday just because of this finale, and I'm sad that you know, as excited as I am to know that I'm not going to have to wait till you know the next day to watch Invincible because usually I try not to stay up that late. With you know, that's both of them came out at nine, I think. So, yeah. so by the time you get to watch both of them, it's like eleven o'clock, and I'm like, oh man, I got to get to work in the morning. But I'm almost sad that I would rather still have that predicament and still have Loki because of how much I enjoyed it because man, this one's going to hurt a little bit, you know, not having that, that Thursday to look forward to with, Oh man, what is Loki going to do this time? Um, man, it was good. I, I really just, you know, was sitting here talking about it by far the best Marvel show. I think that's been a lot of people's opinions and I know yeah, it's yeah. mine. I'm sure it's yours for sure. Number one, it was number one before this season. And I think it just became unpassable. Now, I know a lot of people have been asking the writers and even Tom Hiddleston, do you think we'll get another season of Loki? Most everyone I've seen has said no. They looked at this as a two-part story. Season two was the second part of the story. What do you do you think that is? Do you think we get a season three? I know most people are saying no. Even the writers are saying, you know, we, we wrote it as a two-part story. 
do you think there is a season three or do you think we just no. see a continuation of Loki's story in other projects? I'm not even sure we see a continuation of his of his story. I think Tom Tom Hiddleston pretty much said he wrapped the character up pretty well. Yeah. I think we I hope we see him versus Kang in Secret Wars. Um I I hope that is something that we see, but I'm just I'm not positive that we even get to see him again and that's sad. Um but man, he he had a great the best best character arc in in the Marvel yeah. um cinematic universe. Um you know, from pure evil to a uh, complete sacrificial hero. Um, pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, I, think I don't say, think we see him again. I will be so disappointed if we don't get to see him face off against Kang, because at this point in time, I feel like he's the only one that can and has a real chance of putting up a fight, because he know, he, he knows Kang now. He has studied Kang. And I feel like the only way you can beat someone like Kang is if you know them, if you've studied them. So I really, really hope that we get to see that continuation of him in some sort of way. I do think it'll be a while. I don't think it will be till something like a Secret Wars. So maybe by Tom saying that, maybe that's, you know, I'm taking a couple years off from this role. I'm sure, you know, we see a lot of times with actors, they do want to get away from the thing they've been doing. Um, I've heard a lot of the Stranger Things cast saying, hey, we love Stranger Things, but, you know, it's been our whole life. We're ready to try start doing some other things. We see that with Robert Downey Jr. He's even said, you know, he was worried about if he was going to be able to act in other things because of how much Iron Man had really taken up of his life and how much he devoted to that character. Um, so I think Tom's probably in that same boat, just wanting a little bit of a break. Hope we get to see him in Secret Wars. But if this is the end of Loki, what a phenomenal character. What a phenomenal story. Um, now, I do want to ask you, I'm sure you've got some theories running in your head. What do you? What is your big theory right now? Where do you think Marvel goes from this? I know you talked a little bit about thinking the Kang from Ant Man is who comes to get Ravona, and he's kind of the one that really starts to wreak some havoc on this multiverse. Do you have any other theories that you're interested about, or is that your big one you're really pushing with right now? So uh, they're going to go incursions. Um, I know. I know. We're going to see a lot of the multiverse from Deadpool 3. And mm -hmm. and Deadpool 3 is going to talk about I believe an incursion that happened because of um uh Doctor Doctor Strange. Okay. Multiverse of Madness. Um I believe that's that's what they they've said in, in potentials how they bring them in. Um but I feel like we're going to see um absolute chaos throughout the multiverse even even because it exists um and then we're going to see the multiversal war i don't know when we're going to see that you know mm -hmm. we're not going to see it in brave new world with captain america which is undergoing no. a complete and total story rewrite and just got delayed um yep. we're not going to see it in the thunderbolts um no and i don't I, i'm trying to even think of their up like their upcoming release dates there's no big movie you know we talked about overall movies that like come out but like there's nothing massive that's going to come um fantastic four will push this yeah. story forward but that's yes. the only so deadpool 3 and fantastic four are the only two movies only two movies that actually have the potential to push this forward blade's not going to push it forward thunderbolts mm -hmm. isn't going to push it forward and captain america isn't going to push it forward so you know and that's all they've said before the king dynasty I think we're going to get a massive pushback uh, in time uh, 
and we're going to get some other projects slipped in there that are going to change the storyline. Um, they're already they already push back every um, every movie except for Deadpool um, to 2025. Yeah, and that's the only movie we're getting next year. So I, I just think they're they're going through a little bit of creative. I think they're realizing how hard it is to do the multiverse right, and so. They're gonna take a little bit more time, and and get get the story right, give it the buildup it deserves, and then um, insert some more uh, stories that will lead up to the Kang Dynasty. I 100% agree. I think they are taking this opportunity to cross their T's and dot their I's because I think before they were really just kind of going with the flow and seeing how fans were reacting to what they were saying about the multiverse. And the more fans were getting disgruntled and saying this just doesn't make any sense, they are like, all right, we have to make a way for this to make perfect sense for the average viewer. And I think that's a big reason why we are seeing so many things delayed. As of right now, you might be able to correct me. We have Deadpool 3 next year. We have Echo, I believe, early next year. Is there any other things slated even for next year? I know a lot of the shows um, got delayed. Agatha, I think Harkness, and okay. the Coven of Chaos, or okay. Dark Old Diaries, or whatever it is at this point. Whatever they decide on. <laughs> they, they've, they've had four different names for it. Uh, Har- uh, a House of Harkness, maybe, is what they settled on. Okay. Who knows? So, um, But that's coming out, and then apparently there's a Witches, uh, Witches Road a Halloween th- okay. special that they're supposed yeah, to I've, put out. Yeah, I've heard of that. But Which other than that, that, I guess that's about it, right? That's it. This release, we're supposed to get What If in December, and yeah. then also, um, uh, what is X Men ninety seven is supposed to come oh, out yep, next year? Yep. So, so I think the only one of those that really, besides Deadpool three, that could push this story forward. We know Echo's not because it's a spotlight series. This is going to be very, I think, very basic show. I think this is going to be targeted at those people that don't watch Marvel at all. And it's going to try to be one of those things that grabs them in. I think that's a yeah, big reason why back. they did the TV. Yeah, I think it's a big reason why they did the TVMA thing is to get people like, oh, this could be interesting. This is more of an adult thing. I think they want to really target those adult audiences more than the people like us that have been watching our entire lives. But just about um, yeah. I think that's going to be a way for them to do that. The only other thing I think that could push the story forward besides Deadpool is the Agatha show. And I don't know that that one will. And the only reason I could see that one maybe a little bit is just because of the Scarlet Witch, you know, ways those are connected just because they have fought each other now i that's the only way i could see that one maybe doing it because we know the scarlet witch is going to have a big you know impact on the multiverse just because of what she's done um so that's the only one i could really see but i think next year is going to be interesting to see what we even get because right now it's looking kind of bare yeah i feel like it's a reset year i think they they i think um quantum mania is a wake up the Marvels, the way it's performing, is going to be the, okay, get up and do something. So they're already pushing everything back. They're going to restructure Brave New World, uh, and they're going to get it back on track with releasing only what they need to, good quality shows, or something that pushes the entirety forward that's also good. So I, I feel like that's where we're at. We're Marvel is taking next year to make sure everything is is correct, uh, and then they're they're not gonna they're not gonna push out quantity anymore because they realize that they actually lose money when they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, not even for the simple fact it just doesn't give people a chance to watch everything because there's only yeah. so many hours in a day. People have work weeks, that, you know. It's everyone lives a busy life, 
So if there's just something coming out constantly, you're naturally not going to make the money just because not as many people have the time to watch everything. Um, and I do we think like, like other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like we only live and breathe Marvel. That's a great point. Like, we're both big Star Wars fans. You know, Star Wars always has stuff coming out, too. I mean, we're both we're loving Invincible. Stranger Things, is. I think they're going to I think that's going to come out a lot sooner than people are expecting, to be honest with you. OK, um, I, I know they're kind of just starting to start filming, um, but the writing is pretty much done for the show. And yeah, actually, I, David Harbour is actually not allowed to uh, record the Thunderbolts because yeah, he's that, he's got to go record Stranger Things. Yeah, so uh, this, that's going to be here soon. So you know, just talking about other stuff we like, uh, th- th- that makes a perfect point. Is that we don't have time to watch everything, and when there's so much stuff to go and watch, y- you're not going to ever make the money. I do think next year is going to be a very profitable year for Marvel. Just I know it's a very few things they're releasing. I think it will be a good thing for them though, as a company, yeah. to realize okay, we're we're getting back on track. I'm so sick of seeing all oh, this stuff's doing terrible at the box office. Marvel's going to go bankrupt. That's just not going to happen. But this will be at least that wake up call for all these companies reporting on things to be like all right marvel's still pretty strong um <laughs> so i'm excited for that but uh, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about you know whether that be the marvels whether that be loki whether that be something you're excited about that's coming you know not marvel related um i know this was a very marvel heavy podcast but very marvel heavy week so so i i, I do have a friend that was shocked when when i said that Star Wars was second in my my franchises that I, that I liked after Marvel because he thought I was DC uh, was next and I will uh, say I'm very excited for the James Gunn DC projects to start getting okay. kicked off. Um, that's just something else that like we said, hey, there's a lot of stuff coming. I'm really excited for that to to start showing up and you know he gave a teaser that his Superman script is done that they're gonna start. Yeah. They're going to start doing that film, so I'm really excited for that to take off and see how how well that does, or if you know he can save the DC because there's a bunch of DC fans out there um, that really want DC to get it's you know it was the premier superhero uh, genre for a long time you know until until Marvel took over the the film industry, mm-hmm. so I know they're excited for that, so I, I am excited for that next year, but yeah we got. We uh we're gonna we're gonna see where we go from this, man. A crazy crazy push, but we're not gonna have this this pact of uh content for a long time. Uh, I'd say this is probably the last weekend we have just an overabundance of things to watch uh that are releasing all at the same time. Hundred percent, and I think we couldn't have picked a more perfect time to really start learning how to podcast. Yeah, because we just have had so much stuff to talk about. Um, but it's it's probably gonna be good for us to really try to flex. You know our brain muscles a little bit. All right, what are we going to, how are we going to fit an hour into this week that basically just has maybe just invincible, right? Um, so maybe you guys have a lot of things. Yeah, maybe, I mean, invincible is only going to be here for so long. There's definitely going to be a couple weeks where we've got to figure out some stuff. Um, but I think that's going to be fun. I think we have some cool things planned. Um, both of us are big gamers. So I think that's something you guys could look forward to seeing in the future. As we do like other stuff, like you said, a lot of things have been Marvel and star Wars, but I guess that just goes with the timing of when we created this podcast. Um, but yeah, I've had a great time this episode. Lots of fun stuff. We will get back on track next week with Invincible. I will catch back up. I love how I, I told everybody I was going to catch up last episode. I caught <laughs> all the way back up, and now I'm behind already again. So now you're off. <laughs> now I'm off again. You ruined so it. We'll get, if you've been looking forward to the Invincible talk, it's coming next week. But other than that, if you don't have anything else to say for this episode, Zane. Nah, we're good. Close this out, man.
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Again, this is a fun Marvel Madness episode. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more things that will come out in the future that we'll be talking about in the next few episodes. Um, not as any questions this episode, just because we really wanted to kind of get back on track with our hour mark because we have been giving you guys little mini movies to listen to. So hopefully this one's a little bit more contained and more you know manageable to watch. However, we do love doing them. So if you guys do it, enjoy them. Make sure to rate us. If you guys ever have any questions or anything like that, don't be afraid. I know our ways of reaching us, all our socials are in the descriptions. Zane does a good job of making sure everything is there. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask a question. And if it's something we've never talked about, still feel free to ask it because there's a very good chance that we still enjoy whatever it is you might be asking, or maybe it's something we want to learn more about and we might start watching. So like I said, there's any questions are always open, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the weekly fix and we will see you in the next one.